Welcome to Brave Knitting. Welcome. I'm Anne. And I'm Linda. This is episode three, with a, which will have a release date around November 1st, 2019. So Anne, what are we being brave about today? Well, I was thinking last night, you know, we're talking about making garments and being brave and... Right now I'm making a poncho, which isn't really a fitted garment. I did just finish a shawl, have something off my needles. And so of course, when you get something off your needles, you think immediately, I need something <laughs> on my needles. What am I casting on? Yeah, and I do have that sweater kit that I purchased that I am really excited about, which I will be casting on. But if I really wanna be brave, maybe I need to really get out there and look at patterns and find a yarn and really make it kind of my own. Does that, you know? Yeah, that's what, that's the great thing about knitting is that you can make it your own. Exactly. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, it's trying to be brave because it's just kind of overwhelming. Where do you go? What do you do to find a pattern, Linda? Yeah, it is overwhelming. And there, the good news is there are many, many places to find a pattern. The bad news is <laughs> there are many, many, many places to find a pattern and, you know, millions of patterns out there. So, oh, yeah. so how do we choose? True. Um, what the first piece of advice I would give to people is find a pattern you really love. Okay. I think of it a little bit like wedding dress shopping that you don't want to just settle. True. You're going to be working on this for potentially months. You want to be happy with it. Right, right. And what I have found is the things that I did not finish are projects that I bought maybe on a whim that I hadn't really thought about. I, you know, I saw some yarn and I saw a pattern and I was just like, oh, I got to have it and I bought it. And then when I started working on it, I realized for, you know, various reasons that I don't really love this color right? or I don't really think that this shape or whatever is going to fit well. Or whether you chose the right fiber for your, right. You know. So uh, first and foremost, love what you're doing, right. love what you're going to knit. That is so true. But then how, how do you choose? I mean, you've knitted so many garments. How do you personally choose? Like, where do you go? Where do you find your favorite patterns? Well, like a lot of people, I, I really like Ravelry because I like the, the powerfulness of it. And it has a really, I mean, people buy patterns there, but the real, the real power of Ravelry is in kind of orga all the organizing it does for you and, and the searching. It's really, really great when you have maybe a specific type of yarn or yardage and you know you want to make a specific item, you can zero in on just those patterns that use just that type of yarn or whatever. And then you get to see pictures of you know, hundreds of other people that have made the same thing. So that's the beauty there. But in terms of buying patterns, you can buy patterns anywhere. And I know after some controversial, <clears throat> controversial decisions that Ravelry made last summer, there are a lot of people that have chosen not to use Ravelry right now. So there are many, many other online um, options. Nitty.com is an online magazine where all the patterns are free. Lovecrafts, that's kind of a new one that started, it merged love knitting and love crochet 
in March came together and now it's Love Crafts. Oh, okay. I didn't know lot, that. Yeah. There are a lot of free patterns there as well. So that's a good one. Yeah. Most designers have their own websites. I know Andrea Mowry. I have done several of her patterns in 2019. She has... Um, her own website where you can purchase patterns. I know Hohi Locatelli has a website, although now that I think about it, her website may throw you back to Ravelry to actually purchase. But I would check with a lot of your favorite designers. Or some, some of them have Etsy accounts too, it seems. A lot of the, yeah, and Etsy's probably another great option. And then, you know, there's, there's old school, the old-fashioned way <laughs> is, you know, magazines, um, Vogue Knitting, is a magazine that I subscribe to. I've subscribed to the hard um, hardcover come in the mail edition in the past. Right now, I'm only getting the iPad edition, but it's great. Interweave is another one that I've received in the past. Um, Knit Simple is another magazine. How about Pom um, Pom? I hear a lot about Pom Pom magazine. Pom Pom is a beautiful quarterly magazine that I had not heard of until I went to a retreat last March in Austin, Texas, outside of Austin with Hill Country Weavers. And the one of the founders of Pom Pom happened to be there. She was so teaching. Pom cool. Pom is, is in London. Okay. And it originated with these two women, I guess quite a while ago now, that worked at a the famous Loop store in London. Um, And they, I guess they were looking to find things that were a little out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. So that's what's kind of nice about pom-pom is that the patterns are not what you kind of -of run-of-the-mill patterns, I guess is the way to say it. But anyway, that's the first time I heard about it and got to see some back issues of pom-pom and promptly slapped my money down and and, <laughs> have to have and got a um, subscription. So I've, I've received the last two issues, which I'll let you look at after oh. we're done recording. Oh, boy. <laughs> hurry up. Hurry up. <laughs> How about Lane? Uh, I would pronounce it Lane, L-A-I-N-E. Have you seen that one? I have not seen that one. Uh, it evidently has some beautiful, beautiful things. Is I- it a... A physical magazine? It is. A okay. physical magazine. Okay. Yes. That might be something to look into as well. Yeah. We'll yeah. look that up. I'm getting excited about all these publications. Yes. So so there are lots of options. And okay. And you've given me some books as well, some knitting books. Oh, right. You, you can always go to the library to find books. Okay. Go on Amazon. Um, that was um, Half Price Books. Half Price Books. Yeah. Yep. And I saw an entire knitting section. Yeah. With a lot of different knitting books. Awesome. But where else can, I guess that about, about, about covers it. But when you think of picking a pattern, like right now, I'm thinking about the last one I made was bottom up. And if I had gotten to the point, it didn't happen. But if I had decided I have a really long torso, I'm tall. If it had been too short, there would have been no way to fix that, really, other than ripping it out. And so I have a real interest in making a top-down sweater. Right. But I've never done that. I don't know anything about it. Have you done that? I have. I Actually, I'm today I will finish, yay, <laughs> a I've top-down, uh, the Andrea Mowry Shifty. Oh. I, I've got a couple more rows of 
the cuff to finish, and I will be finally done with this project that I started back in July, and I'm glad to be done with it. It's very, it's a very cute sweater. It's, it's going to be great, but I'm just done with right. knitting it. And actually, the last several sweaters I've made have been top-down. Hmm. A, a lot of people seem to think that top-down is easier than bottom-up. Okay. And I'm not sure I would say that. I would just say that they are different. Okay. So I think in terms of fit and particularly in terms of length, it's usually, and I say usually because not always, sometimes there could be something in the pattern that makes it not easy to adjust length even in a top-down. But usually, particularly when it comes to length, you can adjust. And the other thing is, particularly with this, this shifty by Andrea Mowry that I'm finishing up on, I was not so sure. It's kind of a close-fitting sweater. And even though I looked at 800 photos of other people wearing it on Ravelry, and regardless of their size or age, everybody looked adorable in right. it, I wasn't so sure that a close-fitting, a negative-ease sweater, essentially, okay. was going to look so good on me. But so I like the fact that it was top down so that I could try it on and I could quickly see, is this going to work for me or not? Right. And luckily it, it looks good. But, awesome. but that's, that's sort of the advantage. Okay. Um, and usually, once again, the top down is going to be seamless or relatively seamless. So there's less seaming involved, that's nice. yes. which there's a little bit of pros and cons about a seamed sweater or not seamed sweater. <laughs> really? Okay, do tell. Um, and I'll, I, I'll talk about it a little bit later when I get to, when we talk about our raves and faves, but you would assume that knitting in the round, like if you do in a garment that is seamless, would be easier. But a lot of people seem to think that maybe there is a lesson to be learned in in piecing, number one, you, when yeah. you're working on individual pieces, they, the individual pieces are a little bit easier to manage because you're only kind of doing one piece at a time. True. And if you need to make some adjustments, in some cases it might be easier to make adjustments when you have a piece sweater. Good point. And then the other thing that I hadn't really thought about, but once again I'll refer back to an old Yarniacs podcast that I listened, mm -hmm. they made a comment that it might be good to know how to seam a knitted garment right and so just the process of that um might be mm -hmm. might be good for a beginner so that they they start to understand some basics of knitting i guess that is true you know being able to knit pieces is not such an overwhelming i know on my poncho right now i'm knitting a piece if i had that entire thing on my needles it might be a little bit more difficult to work with. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I think you're right about that. I've never minded. Oh, well, I've only done it once, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't mind, you know, sewing those pieces together. I thought it was kind of fun, but yeah. <laughs> so where did you find the Andrea Mowry? Did you, did you see that at your local yarn at the local yarn store or did you see that at no, once again, this is like a commercial for the Hill Country Weavers Retreat. Um, <laughs> well, it was a good <laughs> Andrea one, sure. Mowry was a, an instructor at the oh. Hill Country Weavers Retreat, and I had taken her class doing the shift cowl, which is basically the same. It's a, it's a mosaic knitting, which is another really cool thing that we'll talk about in a future episode also, but mosaic knitting is a way of doing color work where you're really not having to knit with more than one color at a time, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. 
And so I took the class for the shift cowl. And while Andrea was there at the retreat, she had she was wearing on a couple of occasions this adorable shifty sweater. Oh. And you know, Andrea is quite a bit younger than I am, and she's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman and very slender. And so this negative ease sweater, of course, looked great on her. And I kept looking at it all weekend thinking, oh, I really like this. I really yeah, <laughs> like this. I want to do this. <laughs> I want this. And, but I thought, oh, no, it's not going to be good on a, you know, mm-hmm. old fat lady like me. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, please. Wrong. But. I ended up I ended up buying the, the yarn there and um, so yeah, yeah so it worked out well I'm not going to be able to go to that retreat <laughs> I guess you know I, I, maybe if I head on over to my you know the yarn store or something I think that they usually have patterns yes in there don't they yes it, many yeah many yarn stores will have lots of different patterns okay. they'll also have pattern books okay they'll yes. have and as we were saying you'll like in my case where I saw Andrea wearing the sweater at the retreat, in a lot of cases, you'll be able to see a pattern made up in the local yarn store. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a very good, maybe I'll, I'll go and do that as well. Yes. So I guess that is what I'm being, what we're being brave about today is finding a pattern. Um, another question. Um, do you think that I should buy the yarn first or buy the pattern first? Oh, how I love this question. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. I, I used to have this problem where I would fall in love with yarn and I would just buy yarn. And that's great. Mm-hmm. However, when you're buying yarn and you don't have a pattern in mind, right. you have no idea how much yarn to buy. So... You know, you can look at yarn, and if you've been knitting a while, you might know that, oh, okay, I know I need how many yards I need to make a basic sweater, and you can buy that many yards. But but I, I got into big trouble where I would just buy yarn without a pattern in mind, saying, oh, this is so beautiful, I'll find a pattern that works with this, and, right. and I would buy yarn, and then I, I would have all this stash, mm-hmm. and, and I'm a person who really does not like clutter in her life. And so to me, stash is like clutter. Right. And yeah. so it, it brought me a lot of anxiety. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So I it had to go through a, a process that I went through about a year, year and a half mm-hmm. ago, where I vowed I was never buying yarn again without a pattern. Right. So that's, but that's just me. Um, buying yarn first does not really work for me because I end up having more yarn than I could ever knit. And it, it represents... Um, clutter to me, and that's very stressful for me. So for me, I always think it's better to fall in love with the pattern first and then find a yarn that will work with it. Okay. I think that that works best for me too. That's, yeah, I can see that. But um, whatever, what happens if you find a pattern that you love? Do you always, are you always able to find the right yarn to go with that pattern? Not always. Uh. (laughs) Um, most patterns will call for a specific yarn. Okay. And in many, many cases, you are not going to be able to find that specific yarn for a variety of reasons. You might find the pattern in a magazine in one place, and you really want to support your local yarn sure. shop for buying the yarn. Local and perhaps, buyers. Yeah. Perhaps mm-hmm. your local yarn shop does not carry the yarn that was called for in the, 
the magazine pattern that you've fallen in love with. Right. Yarn substitution, once again, you can substitute almost any yarn for in a pattern. However, it, it gets very complicated, and it's another great topic for a future episode. Right. But for somebody making their first, second, third, maybe fourth sweater, mm -hmm. you probably want to stay within the fiber and the weight of the yarn recommended. So, for example, if it's a wool or perhaps a wool blend, that's what you want to use. If it calls for a worsted weight, find a worsted weight. If Otherwise, calls, you're going to have to do some math. You're going to have to do some math. Right. And I'm getting ready to do a sweater probably in a couple of weeks where I, I do have to do some math. I, I The pattern calls for a fingering weight wool and I bought DK weight cotton. Okay. And I'm going to do the math. <laughs> well, she was a math major, so that'll so, go well. For me, not so much. So we'll, so we'll see how it works out. But once again, I, it, it, there are some really, really interesting yarn substitutions and it can be done. But, but I think for the most part, for, for a beginner or semi-beginner, as long as you have mm -hmm. the same weight and relatively the same fiber, you know, you shouldn't should have any okay. problems. Yeah. I did find with my first sweater that, and I, I didn't realize this until much later, I knew it was extremely drapey and extremely uh, large, but alpaca, I didn't realize that. That can really, really kind of stretch out. And Right. Yeah. That was so that I would be the know. other thing maybe to be aware of, that alpaca yeah. is not the same as wool. Right. A lot of us thought that that was the case. Right. I used to think that. You sure know, same did. thing with cashmere. Mm. Um, there's a lot of wool now that has silk incorporated um, in it. There'll be silk blends. Yeah. It can make for a really lovely yarn, um, particularly with certain projects. I just finished a, a shawl that's going to be a gift for someone that has a little bit of silk in the wool and it's beautiful, but it, it does give a different texture. So once again, when you're, yep. when you, Anne, are <laughs> trying to come up with a second garment to knit, um, I would focus on whatever the, whatever the fiber is that they call for in the pattern, stick with that. Stick with that as closely as possible. That's really good advice. Well, what do you think? Are there any other tips, any other ideas for picking a pattern that you can think of? Um, well, I would say one thing is bigger is usually better. So a pattern that bigger, no, not better. That's the wrong word. Bigger is usually easier. Okay. So a pattern that calls for a, you know, worsted or Aran or even a, a, a DK weight is going to be, in most cases, easier for a newer knitter to manage than a lighter weight yarn like a sport weight or fingering or god forbid a lace where <laughs> in those cases you're you've got thin yarn and you're working mm -hmm. on very tiny needles and in my experience you just have a lot more opportunity to mess up drop mm -hmm. stitches stitches slide off etc yeah. I, I i'm getting better at fingering but as we've mentioned before i i, I don't really love fingering weight yarn mm -hmm. so that would be my one tip and okay. then i have to mention my friend Pat, Pat is a very dear friend who I've known for over 30 years, and she has been a knitter for many, 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 many years, longer than I've been knitting. And about a year ago, I was visiting her, and she 
we were knitting and she was knitting socks. She knits a lot of socks. She knits a lot of scarves and hats and gloves and all kinds of things. She mentioned she had never knit a sweater. What? <laughs> and I said, you've been knitting, I don't know, 30, 40 years, whatever it has been. You've never made a sweater. She says, no, I've never made a sweater. Well, thank goodness we started Brave Knitting. I know. In the, in just well, in the nick of time. Well, Pat <laughs> was one of the reasons that we kind of had the idea about Brave Knitting because Pat was a little bit, she was kind of stuck in that rut. I yep. thought, oh, you know, knitting a sweater, I won't be able to fit and this and that. And she was very intimidated by it. And so I was... I was at her house, and we got online. We started looking at patterns. We found some some great yarn on sale at an online yarn sale, and Pat bought her um, first pattern for a sweater. And she took her almost well, it took her like over a year to finish the sweater because she knits all kinds of other things in between. But she finally finished that sweater uh, this summer when I was visiting her again, and she has since. She was with me out at this Hill Country um, Weavers Retreat, and she chose another Andrea Mowry <clears throat> pattern, the Weekender, oh, to to make her second sweater. <clears throat> now, Pat, now all Pat wants to make are sweaters. Okay, <laughs> so we have converted her Yay. bravely. However, she and I were talking the other day, and she said. You know, I don't really like either of the first two sweaters I've made. Oh, no. <laughs> and um, so I will relate to you some of the lessons. Okay, sure, please from, do. From Pat is, number one, the first sweater that she knit, she loves cables, as do I. And this sweater had cables all over it. It was, it was and it's a beautiful sweater. Mm -hmm. But the yarn she chose, she chose a Malabrigo that had a little variegation to it. Right. And... So the cables just don't look that great okay. on a variegated yarn. Huh. They would The sweater had been done in a more solid yarn. The cable work would be much more prominent and noticeable, oh, okay. if that makes sense. So that is why <clears throat> she's finished the, the sweater and she's happy with it. She's going to wear it. But that's why she doesn't really love it. Okay. The second sweater was the Weekender, mm -hmm. which kind of is the opposite of shifty, even though they're from the same designer. Shifty is has negative ease or zero ease or negative ease. Weekender has 10 inches of positive ease. I like the sound of that. <laughs> which is gigantic. It's not something that, you know, Anne is tall and thin, so she can wear that. I, that. I am shorter and less thin. Oh, it's not true. And so 10 inches of positive ease just makes me look bigger. And... So when Pat made the Weekender, Pat's a little bit shorter than I am and probably about my size, that when she got done with it, she said, oh, my God, Linda, this is just huge. And, mm. and, and I have to admit that when she bought the pattern and we were shopping for the yarn, I kind of thought to myself, I would never make this sweater okay. because this, this much oversize is just not a good look for me. And I kind of thought that about her, but I kind of thought, oh, she really loves a sweater and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So maybe another lesson is if your friend hasn't bought the yarn yet, <laughs> be honest with them True. about how you think that particular pattern might look on them. Okay. I'm definitely going to show you first <laughs> before I do any purchasing. But it's all good. Um, Pet does, she will wear the, the Weekender. She and she kind of chucks it up to you know 
lessons learned in knitting these first two sweaters. Okay, gotcha. Awesome. Well, so are you ready to be brave about finding a pattern? I think so. I think so, but I'm going to take you with me. Okay. <laughs> For sure. I love it. All right. So that brings us to our raves and faves. How about you, Linda? What's your rave and fave okay. today? My rave and fave is a website that I happened upon. I bought a pattern this summer while I was traveling. I was in a, a knit store in Denver. And I saw this sweater knit up called Adorable You, oh. E-W-E, <laughs> and it's a little baby sweater. And I have a grandniece in my life, and my husband, one of my husband's coworkers recently also had a baby. And I just thought the sweater would be so cute that I wanted to make a sweater for each of those new babies. Okay. So I, I bought the yarn, and I bought the pattern. And the pattern is comes from um, a company or person with the name of Knit Pearl Hunter. I've heard, yes. Have you heard of that? I have heard. And the really great thing about this pattern was every step of the pattern, they, they referred you to a video. And so if you go to their website, Knit Pearl Hunter, there are many, 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 many videos about yes. all these techniques. And most of well I've, done too. I've been to that site okay, for yeah, techniques. They, they yes. were very well done. Most of the techniques are, you know, are things that I had done. But this is a, this is um, a, these baby sweaters were pieced. Okay. So the the one video that I went to look at specifically was when you are stitching together the the arm to the front and back um, pieces <clears throat> because at that point you have if you're looking at the sleeve. Um, flat, <clears throat> your sleeve stitches are vertical, but the the thing you are stitching it to, the the front and the back, are, at that point are horizontal. Okay. So it was showing how to how to piece together vertical to horizontal, and that video was excellent. And I thought, wow, this is really great. So I went and looked at a couple of their other videos of things that I already knew how to do. But I just thought they were a really really great resource. That's so, awesome. Yay yes, for them. Absolutely. And I have seen, we'll, we'll post some pictures of how far you are on these sweaters and because they are adorable. Oh yeah. The sweaters are done. They're, they're done. Now you're done. Okay. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah they're, yeah, they're done. They're Last cute. time I saw you, you were still working on them. Oh, yeah, so they're... cute. Okay. I guess my Raven fave, I have something off the needles. Um, it is the three sisters shawl. Uh, uh, the, the yarn and the pattern was by, uh, by Don Barker, who's chasing rabbits fiber. I just thought it was a beautiful shawl. I saw it at DFW Fiberfest, not this past year, but the year before. And Dawn was at Hill Country Weavers <laughs> Retreat again. I swear, you, this was not meant to be she, a She does not a work for Hill Weavers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that would have been neat. Um, I, yeah, I think I bought it through their stand, actually, at DFW Fiberfest. But it's, oh, my gosh, I really, I, I love the shawl, and I'm so excited to have it off the needles and to be able to actually, you know, wear it. It got cooler this week in, in Dallas, Texas, and I was thinking maybe Yay. I might be able to um, wear that soon. And what I loved especially about it, I loved the colors. It was very easy to do. When I first purchased it, I was this was before I did the sweater, when I purchased it. Um, I didn't get around to it right away, and I believe it's DK weight. It's a it's a much it's a much thinner weight. It was than smaller than the, the worsted that we did for the sweater. Yes, okay. and I had never done anything you know quite that thin or on quite that small of needles before, and um, 
But it, it was not great. difficult. Yeah. I, I, it the was tassels difficult. are my favorite part. Three-tier tassels. <laughs> I am a big fan of tassels. Maybe I need to find a sweater with tassels. I don't know. But it was very easy to do. And she just used a, a deck of plain cards as, you know, instead of having to buy something to make the tassels, um, just using the long way and the short way around the deck of cards. So easy to make. I'll be making tassels for all sorts of things now. So <laughs> there we go. That's my raven fave. And uh, I guess that brings us to misbehaves. Oh, Oh, and before we do that, we want to let you know we're going to make a slight change to we, in the first episode, we talked about all of our different categories in the the podcast. And we had talked about that we would have misbehaves followed by saves. Mm -hmm. And the saves would be ways to save your misbehave. What we decided after thinking about it a little bit is that well, I tend to make the same mistake all the time. So after no. a couple of episodes, you're going to be really bored with me telling you about my the, the save in particular. Um, we may repeat ourselves a lot on the misbehaves. but So for the saves, we're going to give you a tip or a hint right. about how to deal with a problem. It may have to do with the misbehave we're talking about. Or may not. Or may not. And it may have to do with our general topic mm-hmm. of the day. Like today, we're talking about picking a pattern. It may have to do with that, or it may not. So that's a little change going forward. But anyway, so what was your misbehave this week? My misbehave this was, month? well, it was just, I guess, blocking this shawl, this three sisters shawl. I just, I had gotten a big blocking mat, and I didn't really quite know how I was going to do this. I was looking at this huge shawl and looking at these little T-pins, and I thought, oh, you know, that's going to take a while to get around that. And I went on to Amazon, I guess, and I ended up buying myself a set of Knitter's Pride Rainbow Knit Blockers. Oh, my gosh. That was, that's my save. That saved my life because I would still be sitting there with a wet shawl <laughs> trying to pin that down so that it would be just completely straight. And they worked like a charm. It was really quick, and the edges are really, really straight. Oh, very um, good. Yeah, so I, I highly recommend those blocking pins. Okay. blockers. How about you? My, my misbehave was, once again, on this Andrew Mowry shifty sweater that I'm completing it it calls for a tubular it called for a tubular cast on which i finally mastered and it called for a tubular bind off hmm. so when i went to do the tubular bind off i swear i did exactly what it said to do in this i can't remember where i if it was a youtube video or someplace else where i but i i I did what it said, and as I was doing it, I thought, gee, this seems really tight. And a tubular bind-off mm-hmm. is supposed to be extremely stretchy because essentially the, the purpose of a tubular bind-off is when you have ribbing, in this case one-by-one one ribbing at the hem and at the cuffs, that when you do a normal bind-off, the, the ribbing is, let's say, a vertical line, and when you do a bind-off, you get sort of a straight horizontal line. Mm-hmm. When you have a tubular bind-off, it creates a bind-off that makes it look like just that rib, that knit-pearl, knit-pearl oh. sort of continues in a kind of like, almost like a waterfall effect. That's, that's the theory. Okay. Well, mine didn't look like that. Hmm. Mine was, I must have obviously done something really wrong. And, but I was 
I was not wise enough to stop when I realized it was not right. I just kept going and did the entire thing, which was I, 400 and something oh stitches. It's a, it's a lot of stitches because yeah. it's sport weight yarn on size one needles. Oh, boy. And I did it all. And when I was finally done, I could not get the thing over my head. This, this bind off had zero stretch. Oh, no. So I... I end up have, I had to undo it, and because of the way this bind off was, I was not able to just sort of unravel it. Okay. I literally had to pick it and cut it in many, many places, mm. which was really bad. Right. So, <laughs> did you have a save for that at all, or was um, it? I don't really have a save for that. I I just had to cut it, rip it back, finally get you know pull back a few more rows on the ribbing thread my little size one needle through the little loops and then yeah. unknit a row to make sure I was on the right row with all my pickups and then finally and then I found a new video and um, a new way of doing the tubular bind off that actually works we should link to that video that you found the one that really helped you in the show notes we can do that, maybe. Maybe, or maybe not. <laughs> maybe you don't remember. If I, can, if I can't remember what it, what it was, I did. Okay. Or it may, not have, it may not have even been a video. It may have just been something I looked up in a book oh, or something. Okay. I can't remember okay. now. Okay, well, if you can um, find it, that'd But be my, my, real, my real save is a follow-up on my tip from last episode okay. where I talked about taping mm -hmm. your dental floss to your needle as a quick and easy way to put in a lifeline. Mm -hmm. This is if you don't have the kind of needles that have a hole in them where you can actually thread the, the dental floss. And I, I thought this was a clever idea, and I still think it's great. What I, what I ran across is where I really needed a lifeline was a project I was working on that had about 30 stitch markers in a row. Mm -hmm. And I normally use locking stitch markers, and if I had done that, this wouldn't have been an issue. But... For some reason on this project, I use these totally closed circular stitch markers so that when I put the lifeline in, the lifeline went through the stitch marker. Right. So essentially, there was no way to <laughs> keep Continue knitting yes. and keep the line in there and also have my marker go up, up with my knitting along with me. Yeah. So the fix for that is to use locking stitch markers so that after you are done knitting that row and that lifeline is in, you can unlock the stitch marker mm -hmm. and then just kind of take the dental floss out of the stitch marker and so the stitch marker is only around your needle or your needle wire and not the right. lifeline. So, and, and you know what? You um, brought up something uh, between these two episodes. We didn't really explain what a lifeline is, and I guess we shouldn't oh. just assume that people, everybody knows what a lifeline is. I mean, how, it's, it's, how would you describe it? It's putting in yarn or something that holds those stitches in place so that if you make a mistake up above that, you can just pull the yarn, pull your needles out, pull the yarn, and when it gets down to that level, all those stitches will be safe right. on that yarn or on that dental floss. You could frog, essentially frog right. back to that line. Very simply, just rip, you know, pulling the yarn. Right. 
Yeah. So they very are, handy. They're very handy. And especially, you know, if you're doing a lot of knitting and it's, it's, you know, if you make a mistake, if it's going to be a lot of work to, um, start over or yeah, I highly recommend. So. All right. Very Absolutely. good. Okay. So what are you craving? What am I craving? Well, I'm craving a new pattern, <laughs> but, um, I was looking around, um, uh, on this poncho, I've been doing cluster stitches, which have been a lot of fun. And I saw you doing kind of a bobble stitch on your little sheep sweater for the little kid, kid sweater. Um, I just think they're a lot of fun and they're so cute. I was just, I don't know if it's going to work for me or not. I haven't gotten that far, but I'd like to find something with bobbles. And I did see a really cute sweater on lovecrafts.com and it was called the Bubblegum Bobble Sweater by paint box yarns oh and okay. it looked, yeah they have really pretty colors and i don't think that they're overly expensive and i just thought that this um this sweater looked really cute but i'm going to show it to you okay and yeah <laughs> and no, i'm curious to think. see it I, yeah. when you said bobbles it also occurred to me i just andrea mowry has a couple of new huh? patterns that are out kind of for rhinebeck which okay. i guess is coming yes. up in the next couple of weeks and I saw, I get her emails, and I saw an email that had this beautiful shawl that had bobbles on it. Oh, wow. But then recently, I forget what I was looking at. I was looking at something where it was sort of like the same sort of bobble, but it was in a sweater that Ooh. she had done that was really beautiful. Um, so I'll have to show those to okay, you yeah. after. And we'll, we'll put links in, in our show notes to those too. Absolutely. But, um, uh, all kinds of bobble options. And then, of course, you could make my little baby sweaters. I, oh, and my gosh. I have no babies in my life right now, but no, someday I will. But always I'm handy for that. a baby gift, right? Absolutely. I want to make that sweater adorable. We will definitely have a picture of that. Yeah, and those were. And, and the other thing about Here's the other thing about picking a pattern. If you pick a baby pattern, mm -hmm. you know, they knit up really quick because <laughs> they're really nice. tiny. Maybe that's what I should choose for my next garment. <laughs> and if you make a mistake, small. you don't have that much, that yeah. far to, to rip out. Yeah. Absolutely. So another good choice. And I just want to put out there too, if, uh, when we put up pictures, we do have an Instagram account and that's where you will find any pictures of things that we talk about. Right. And then there'll be links in, we'll, we put up show notes in both our Facebook group and our Ravelry group. Right. And so you can always, those links usually will have a picture somewhere too. If they're not of our particular pattern, right. they'll, there'll be pictures of the professional pattern, the which professional. is probably a better picture anyway. <laughs> oh, heavens no. <laughs> no. Okay. Awesome. How about you? My crave is, because we're talking about patterns, that I thought this was a really good example of a pattern that I would normally not be the least bit interested in. Um, as I've mentioned before, I am a fan of the Yarniac podcast, and I like Charlene and Gail because they like to knit sweaters, as do I. Mm -hmm. So I'm always curious about the sweaters they're knitting. And I was listening once again to an older episode of theirs, and they were talking about the Archer pattern by Elizabeth Doherty, which is a designer that they both knit a lot of patterns from. And so I went and I looked at this pattern and I looked at it on Ravelry, where there were many, 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 I don't know, hundreds of people that had knitted. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's a sweater, mm -hmm. nothing. But I, I was scrolling through the various photos, and I found this one. And the name of the sweater, it's the Archer pattern, but the, the person that knit it named it Bright in Winter. Oh. 
And this woman's name is, her Ravelry name is Hands on Knits. And she's from France, and I stalked her a little bit, and she <laughs> she has some really beautiful, she's a really beautiful woman, very slim, very beautiful woman, so pretty much everything looks really great on her. But it appears she, she does a lot of machine knitting. So oh, wow. that's why there were, she had many, many projects, because she can whip those puppies up. <laughs> now, it wasn't clear to me whether or not Bright in Winter was something that she machine knit or if she hand knit it, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But what I loved, it's the same pattern that everybody else had used, but the color combination she used really spoke to me. Very bright, bold colors, which I love. Mm -hmm. These, this will not appeal to a lot of people, but it really spoke to me. So I just thought it's a great example of a yes. pattern that, you, you know, you may pass you may not think about until you see it made up in a different sort of way. Right. Um, and most people in this pattern, most people had just used, it, it does have a stripe in the pattern, and most people just use two different colors. Mm -hmm. But what this, what Hands on Knits did is she used, I think, four or five different colors, wow. and then how she placed the colors was just really interesting, and, and like I say, they were just sort of my colors. So Some people just have a way with color. Right. I don't have that, yeah. you know, and, to, and when you can find somebody who really has a way with color. Yeah. yeah, but this was, it was just really cute, and so now Archer is in my queue also. I don't know when I'm going to get around to that. <clears throat> I have too many sweaters in my queue. <laughs> All right. Exciting. Well... We've gone over a little over what our, our normal time frame oh, is right. today, but we hope you've enjoyed hearing about picking a pattern. Yes, and we want to pick a pattern. Yeah, for go yourself. out and pick a pattern. Tell us what you're picking. Absolutely. Um, give us your hints and tips about picking patterns. Yes. And okay, and I guess we will see you in a couple of weeks. And in the meantime, be brave. brave.